King. St. Matthew chapter number 17. We want to we talk to you this morning about the, the secrets to spiritual elevation. The secrets to spiritual elevation. Gracious God, a Heavenly Father, is, is once again we stand before your people. Uh, Lord God, we stand before those that are listening through the means of social media. And we thank you, Lord God, for um, uh, providing a platform to share your gospel all over the world. Now, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would just settle us in our spirit, Lord God, and give us spiritual ears that we may hear what the Spirit has to say. And God, we just give your name glory. Clothe me, Lord God. Clothe me. Let your anointing rest upon me. God, we just pray, Lord God, that no flesh, none of me be shown, but all of you, God, will be revealed through me and through your word. And God, we praise you and we honor you for that. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Talking about, talking about uh, the secret to spiritual elevation. From coming from Matthew chapter number 17. Uh, the secret to spiritual elevation. Beginning at verse, verse number 1. And we're going to read from... St. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. Verse 1 says, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, as his raiment was white, as the light. That's interesting. His raiment was white as light. I didn't think light had a color. <laughs> but, we, but we're talking spiritual here. Then verse 3 says, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here, three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Verse 5 says, While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice. Somebody say voice. A voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. Let's talk a little bit about the secret to spiritual elevation. The secret, or the secret to spiritual elevation. First of all, we need to understand that if we want to go higher in the realm of the spirit, we have to be willing to follow. We need to be willing to follow. If we want to um, excel to that place where most people do not get to, we have to be willing to follow. Now, let's look at, let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24. St. Matthew St. Matthew chapter 16, and we want to look at verse 24. 
verse number 24. Because we're, we're talking about you have to be willing to follow. You've got to be willing to follow. If you want to get to that place of spiritual elevation, you have to be willing to follow. Now, this is what uh, St. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24 says. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, meaning coming after Christ, he says, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Follow Christ. So the first thing, and, 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 and being willing to follow Christ, he says we have to deny ourselves. Now, to deny oneself means to decline from the, the, gratifi uh, the gratifications of our appetite or our desires. So we want to make sure that if we want to get to that, that, that spiritual plane where we can see the secrets uh, that will um, uh, display itself when we move higher, we have to be willing to desire, to, to deny our desires and the gratifications of the flesh. Amen? Now, most people like to go along and give their flesh what they want, right? But if you want to get to that place of spiritual elevation where you can see those things that most people cannot see, we have to be willing to say no to our flesh. Amen? Got to be willing to deny ourselves. We have to be willing to surrender one's will. Most of us don't like to surrender our own will, right? We, we, we want to do our own thing, right? You know, because understanding now, to, uh, to, to follow Christ, to get to that place where we desire to be, then we've got to surrender our own will. Now, let's look at uh, St. Matthew chapter number 10. St. Matthew chapter number 10. Y'all follow along with me. We're going someplace. St. Matthew chapter number 10. And we are going to look at verse number 38. St. Matthew chapter number 10. And we're going to look at verse number 38. Okay, verse number 38 says, And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me, meaning Christ, the word of God says, he is not worthy of me. See, in following Christ, we have to, in, in the process of denying self, we have to take up the cross. Now, Christ has already done the cross. He's already been to the cross. He's already done that. But he tells us now, to, to be able to get to that place of, um, in, in, in spiritual elevation, we have to take up, up our cross. And there's one part that says we have to do it daily. Amen? But he says that he that taketh not up his cross and fall after him, he said he's not even worthy. He's not worthy. Well, let's see some things about the cross. Okay? Now, when we're talking about the cross, the cross is an instrument of death. The cross is an instrument of death. Now, we have to understand, by it being an instrument of death, uh, what happens is, it, the taking of the cross, it's burdensome. It, it, it's, it's a weight. Carrying the cross is a weight. Okay? Carrying the cross is a weight. It's burdensome. Sometimes it's disgraceful. Because everything that's in the cross is not pleasant. You think about 
about what happened when Christ, he himself, began to bear that cross. I mean, it was, it was a place of shame. It was a place of disgrace. But he knew his purpose for what he had to do. And then the next thing is, it's a place of persecution. The cross is a place of persecution. It's a place of reproach. It's a place of surrendering one's will. We have to surrender our will. It's, it's an instrument of death. What, what's, being, what's being killed? Our flesh. Hmm. Our flesh. Hmm. Our flesh. And it's, it's burdensome because most of the time we like to satisfy our flesh, right? Amen. We can, we can be honest in the house. Amen. Because we all don't do it, did it right all the time. Amen. We do not all get it right all the time. But we have to be willing to submit our will, surrender our will, and take up the cross. We have to be willing to deny ourselves. Now, here's a prime example. Let's look at St. Luke chapter number 22. St. Luke chapter number 22. St. Luke. Because we're talking about the secret of elevation. The secrets of elevation. Okay? The spiritual elevation. Are we at St. Luke chapter number 22? And we're going to read verse number 42. Are we there? Now, verse number 42 says, this is when, 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 Christ, when Christ had gone into the Garden of Gethsemane and he knew what he was facing. He knew what he had to endure. But, and there was a part of his flesh that really did not want to do because he had grown to love the people. Now, there are, t there are times in our own life when we begin to outgrow, I hear you, Holy Spirit, we begin to outgrow people and therefore we would have to leave some people behind. And, and then there's some times when it really hurts. Amen? Now, verse number 42 in St. Luke chapter number 22 says this. It says, saying, this is Jesus speaking. He said, Father, if thy be willing, remove this cup from me. If thy be willing. So he is pleading. He is asking God to remove that cup, those things that he was going to have to face, he really didn't want to face those things. But watch what he says in, in the B clause of verse 42. He says, not my will, but whose will be done? Thine will be done. He would say, let God, let your will be done. He said, I, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, it's not good to my flesh. But God, not my will, but let thine will be done. So the first, the first thing we want to do in our spiritual uh, 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 travel to spiritual elevation, we have to be willing to follow Christ. We've got to be willing. And then the next thing to do, you know, talks about we've got to be willing to surrender. We have to be willing to surrender our will just like Christ surrendered his will because he says, not my will, but let thine will be done. Amen? Now, let's, let's walk through some other things. Here, and there's a lot to be said there in, in verse number 1 in chapter number 17. Because what Jesus does is he calls Peter, James, and John, uh, St. Matthew chapter 17, he calls Peter, James, and John, and he calls for them to come up to a, a mountain, 
and he says, apart, apart from everything. And let me tell you, whenever you go up higher in God, the mountain is a lonely place. Whenever God begins to exalt you, whenever God begins to take you higher, that mountain, that place where you're going, it is a very lonely place. But think about it. Think about the mountain. Once we understand that in the mountains, as the further you go up, if something happens to your ears, right? Anybody, y'all, y'all, y'all begin to travel the mountains and going up the mountains, all those things begin to happen to your ears. It's, it's almost like your ears get stopped up, right? See, going up the mountain, I hear your Holy Spirit. See, God has to stop our ears up to some things, uh, to some other voices. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some other voices that are talking to because there are some spirits that does not want us to go to that spiritual elevation where God wants us to be. Amen. So he, 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 he shuts up the ear. I mean, your ear could stop up, and, but the further you go, things begin to change. Uh, not only does it begin to change, but, but it also is at a place wherein the air is better. The air is clearer the further you go up the mountain. That's why when some, they tell some people that, that have health issues, that, that, that have a difficult time breathing here, uh, and the lower plane, they tell them you need to find a place in the mountains. And so as you go up, the air is cleaner. Huh. See, there's so much debris and so much mess down low. That's why God has called for us to come up higher, right? See, there are some things that we cannot see on this lower plane. But God calls us to come up higher because there's some things he wants to reveal to us. But the thing is, he says to us is that we have to be willing to carry the spirit of Peter, James, and John. Okay, now, what, 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 what is that? What, are those, what is that spirit? I mean, what is it? What is it? Because remember now, you're willing to go up higher, right? Now, quickly, keep your place in St. Matthew chapter 17. Now, I need you to go to Revelations chapter number 4 because we're trying to, to set a platform here. Revelations chapter number 4. Because in order to go to, go to that place uh, higher, to see what God wants you to see, we have to go to higher ground. Amen? Uh, that's just like when the tsunami coming in your life, God says get to higher ground. Amen? He'll tell us to get to higher ground. Now, Revelation chapter number 4, and l- looking at verse number 1, says this. It says, after this, because remember now, John is on the Isle of Patmos. Now, uh, he's on the Isle of the Patmos, and he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in where? In heaven, okay? And the first voice which I heard was as it was of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So, in, in, in order to get to that, that place where we have spiritual elevation, the first call of the day is to not only to deny yourself, but you've got to come up higher. You know, in order to, to reveal or in order to receive what God wants to speak or what God wants to show, we have to come up higher. Now, flip over to Revelation chapter number 1, Revelation chapter number 1, and we want to look at verse number 9. 
We want to look at verse number 9. We're looking at Revelations chapter number 1 and looking at verse number 9. We've been called to come up higher, okay? You're called to come up higher because God wants to show and reveal some things. Now, verse number 9 says this. He says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos uh, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, we have to understand, in order to go up higher, uh, the word Patmos there, it means mortal, but in order to go up higher, God has to place us or bring us to a place of solitude. He brings us to a place of loneliness. See, the higher you go, the fewer people are there and the more lonely you are. However, you have to decide, I have to decide whether or not we want to go and receive those, that spiritual revelations that God wants to give. Amen? Now, going back to St. Matthew chapter number 17. Remember now, he takes uh, Peter, James, and John. Okay? Now, let's move away from the fact that of, of, of men. Peter, James, and John. We want to talk about the spirit of Peter. First of all, when we're going up to, to higher ground and, and, and to, to hear those secrets that God wants to reveal, we have to take uh, the spirit of Peter. We have to take the spirit, the spirit of Peter. Now, what does that mean, having the, the spirit of, of Peter? Okay? Now, we have to make sure we're taking our hearing, okay? See, uh, be willing to hear. Be willing to hear what God has to say. We have to make sure that we're, we're bold because everybody don't want to go higher. Huh. So you have to take that spirit of boldness. And then th this is what the Holy Spirit gives me. The reason why you have to have that spirit of Peter, uh, it is because you have to have somebody that understands the highs and the lows of life. When you go up, when you're going up, you've got to make sure that spirit of Peter is there with you because you've got to, Peter understands the highs and the lows of life. Now, and when it comes down to life, everything is not a mountaintop experience. Amen. I hate to bust your bubble that, that thinks everything is going to be grand, everything's going to be fantastic because I got saved. No. In your life, in my life, in everybody's life, that names the name of Jesus Christ will have highs and lows in their life. Amen. Now, if you hadn't had it, and I, I, and I believe everyone has, because right now about the only person that does not understand the highs and lows might be just baby Jonathan. And But to certain, certain degrees, he probably understands the highs and the lows too of life. Amen. Because when he's disobedient, he gets a whooping, so that's a low part. When he's being good, you know, he's getting rewarded, and that's the high part. Amen. So, so therefore, everybody in here that's breathing have always understood somewhere in their life you've had some high times and you've had some low times. Amen. So maybe I just need to speak for myself. <laughs> okay. I've had some mountaintop experiences, and I've had some valley experiences. Amen. But see, one thing about those valley experiences is that's where your nutrients are. Amen. It gives you a place to be able to eat. Because sometimes when we get so high and we, get, we can mess around and find ourselves arrogant. Amen. 
And so we got to make sure we understand as we're going up, now that spirit of Peter has to go. Amen? So understand the highs and the lows. Okay? Now look at Philippians. Keep your place in Matthew chapter 17. Now look at Philippians chapter number 4. Amen? Because we are, we are a word, church, so we want to make sure that we see what God says uh, uh, about his word. Philippians chapter number 4. Amen? Because we're going to experience highs and lows of life. Highs and lows of life. Philippians chapter number 4. And let's see what Peter says here. And it will help us understand about the highs and the lows of life. Uh, Philippians chapter number 4. Amen. Verse number 12. Are we there? Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse number 12. All right. Verse 12 says this. Peter's speaking. He says, I know both how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound, and to do what? Suffer need. So he understood about the highs and the lows of life. Sometimes you got money in your pocket. Sometimes you don't have money in your pocket. Amen. Sometimes you're hungry. And sometimes you are full. Sometimes you're full in the physical, and sometimes you're full in the spiritual. Amen? So he understood the highs and the lows of life. He knew how to live a low life, and he knew how to live a high life. So taking that spirit with us, understanding that I'm going to have highs and lows, but I still have to have the boldness of Peter to be able to keep going. Amen? And then he says this. He even knew how to suffer need. See, that's part of life. That's, that's part of life. But then he says, verse number 13, he says this, and I love saying this. He says, I can do all things through, through Christ which strengthens me. See, you have to understand that, listen, I can't do this alone. I can't do this by myself. But I can do it through Christ Jesus because that's his word. Amen. Amen. And the next thing is this is what Peter says. He also says this. We have to also understand and that, that spirit of Peter. Not only understanding the highs and the lows of life, but you've got to be able to understand the promotions of life and the demotions of life. <laughs> they come both ways. Promotions and demotions. Okay? Now, let's look at St. Matthew 16 and looking at verse number 16. We're right there, St. Matthew. Okay? Understand the promotions and the demotions of life. Okay? Now, verse number, uh, uh, let me read verse 15 first. Because here is Jesus is with his disciples. Okay? And he asks us a question. He says, he said unto them, talking about his disciples, uh, the, those that are learned in the way of Christ. He says, but whom say ye that I am? Because, you know, he was asking them, who people say that he was. Now listen to verse number 16. He says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17 says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bojona, for, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, here it is now. He's in, a, he's in a high place, right? He's in a place of promotion because, see, 
None of other disciples, those learners that had been with Christ, they did not see this. This was not revealed to them. So when he begins to acknowledge that Jesus was the Son of God, then all of a sudden he gets a compliment. Huh? He gets a compliment from Jesus himself. He lets him know. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Okay, you know how I can imagine in my mind he kind of ran back in the midst of the other disciples because he knew something that the rest did not know. But watch how quickly this thing turns. Because, see, sometimes, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit, sometimes a little knowledge will cause us to get beside ourselves. Amen? It will cause us to get beside ourselves. Let's look at verse number 22. Verse 22 in the same chapter, St. Matthew chapter 16, verse 22 says, Then Peter took him, meaning Jesus, and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. See, Jesus was talking about how he was going to have to suffer and how he was going to die. But Peter, because he felt like he got some revelations from the Lord now, he decided he can rebuke Jesus. Has anybody ever tried to tell God how things need to go in our life? And he is the maker and the creator, amen, of all mankind. So he knows what's good for us, and he knows what we don't need to have that will bring us hardship and pain, amen. But here it is, he begins to rebuke Peter. Peter begins to rebuke Christ. And the Lord says, be this is far from you. Verse 23 says, but he turned, Jesus now, but he turned, and he said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou sayest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. He was in a high place at one point because he quite was. But all of a sudden, he gets beside himself, and he begins to rebuke Jesus Christ himself, and all of a sudden, God calls him, and Christ calls him Satan, calls him a devil. He comes to you, get behind me, Satan. See, that was a low place. See, there are times in our life when God has to humble us down. Amen. He has, why do we think things happen in our life? It's to humble us. Those experiences is to humble us, help us to see God. I don't know about y'all, but I can see God the, the best in my darkest moments. I can see the Lord the best when I'm in my darkest moments. Because you know what happens? You will pray more. You will pray more. You will talk to God more. You will commune with God more. And God will show up in your darkest hour. He will show up every time. Every time he will show up. So we've got to take that spirit of Peter. We, 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 someone that understands. You see, inside of us, thank you, Holy Spirit, inside of us, there's that spirit that's that been through the highs and the lows and been promoted and demoted, okay? But then we have to take the spirit also, the spirit of James. See, the spirit of James, the word James there means the will. See, it, we have to understand that, that uh, James understood, that spirit of James understand because he says, don't decide, well, today I'm going to do this and tomorrow I'm going to go here. He said, no, you don't do that. 
You just say, if it be the Lord's will. That's in the book of James. If it be in the Lord's will, then I will do this and then I will do that. So it's so very important now because we are surrendering our will and we have to say, God, not my will, but let your will be done. But then we also have to take up, because remember now, we're trying to get to that place of spiritual elevation. It is lonely, 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 lonely on that mountaintop. It's lonely there. But the air is, is so much uh, cleaner there. It's so much refreshing there. So then you've got to take that spirit that's on the inside of you, that spirit of John, that spirit of grace. You have to take it along too. Because, see, you've got to understand about the spirit of, of John, the spirit of grace. See, John knew how to, to lay in Jesus' bosom. He, 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 he knew how to rest in God. See, in tough times, in times of indecisions, we've got to learn how to rest in God until God gives us a, a, a red light to go. I mean, a red light to, to stop and a green light to go. So we've got to be able to, to rest in God. But then we also have to understand that uh, as, as Jesus was there at the cross, he looks at John and he sees this. He looks at his mom and he says, Behold thy mother. Then he says, Behold thy, uh, thy son. So what that means is we have to understand that going up top, we have to understand what is um, the most precious to God. See, God treasured his mother. He loved his mom. So he wanted to make sure that he left her in good hands. And the good hands was the good hands of grace. Amen. So taking that spirit up now, you, you have to be able to understand as I go up, then grace is there. Grace is there. Amen. Remember now, we're going up the mountain. We're having a mountain, not just an experience, but we want a change of mind. Because, see, going up in the mountains is a, having an exalted state of mind where the divine plan of God is uh, unfolded and then spiritual realization comes about. Now, okay, we say, well, what does all that mean? That means God will unfold his plan and the higher we go up in him. Okay, now, they're going up, and they're in the mountaintop, right? We've taken Peter, we've taken John, and uh, 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 we are taking our hearing, all that. We, we've, been on the, we've been on the mountaintop. We're at a lower place now, but we've got to understand the air is cleaner. It, it, the air is cleaner there. Look at verse number 2 in St. Matthew chapter number 17, because we're talking about the spirit of elevation, the secret, the secret to go higher. First thing is we got to deny ourselves. That, that, that's the first thing, and follow Christ. Got to take up the cross. Uh, uh, that will cause us the death to flesh, okay? Because God wants to show us some things the higher we go. Now, St. Matthew, chapter 17, verse number 2. Verse number 2 says, talking about Christ, he says, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. The higher we go, the higher we go on that mountaintop. We're going up, we're going up, we're going up, we're going up. It's lonely, but we're going up. 
The air is cleaner, but we're going up. Then Christ will change. He will be transfigured. It's just like going through a metamorphic state. When we go through a metamorphic state, we, in the beginning, we are just worms. <laughs> but if we keep going, eventually we become that beautiful butterfly. So, so what God was really, really showing him is how man supposed to be as he go up a place of elevation. Man changes. The closer we get to God, the closer we have uh, and re- be in relationship with God, the more we will change. There is no way we can be in God's word and do not change. There is no way we can be in the presence of God and do not change and remain the same. There's no way. But the closer we get to him, we begin to be transfigured. We begin to change, okay? But he says, what he's showing, he says now, his face did shine as the sun. So his raiment was like light, white as light. If you step outside, and you, it's, it's daylight. But daylight to us is not white. So that white means that, 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 that he showed his purity. He, 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 he showed his purity to them. And then he goes on, and, and the Bible says this in verse number 3. He says, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Hmm. Well, what does all that mean? The higher I go, what is God trying to reveal? We're trying to see things, at a, and we will see things at a different perspective, a different level, the higher you go. Now, what does Moses, Elisha uh, uh, represent? It represents, and, and Jesus, because Jesus is present, it represents uh, the past and the future, okay? Now, I've got a question for you. You see, when it comes down to Moses and Elisha, Moses and Elisha represents the past. It represents the past. As we go up higher, you don't want to, 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 to carry your past with you. Watch, watch what, what they do here. I, I looked at this thing. Watch what they do. In, uh, in, ver- in, in verse number five, after uh, Moses and Elijah uh, uh, appears and Jesus is there, verse five says, uh, while he yet spake, come at Christ, he says, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And, and then it goes on to say, he says, hear ye him. But look at what Peter knows decides to do. He wants to build some tabernacles. He wants, verse number four, he says, then answered, Peter says, he says unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Okay. You never want to build a tabernacle for your past. You never want to build a monument of your past. Why? Because you're trying to go where Jesus is. Amen? 
let's think about it. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, back in the day I, I did this, and back in the day I was this. Back in the day, what about your future? What about your present where you're going? You do not want to build a monument to your past. Why? Because that's not faith. That means if you built your monument in your past, then you've left faith back on, on the back backside. You don't want to do that. So, so you've got to understand the past is the past and the present in the present. Peter, even though he had, was taken to a higher place, even though we are hearing that we carried our boldness, you know, the highs and the lows of life, we do not want to keep uh, falling back on our past because the past is not where we're going. The present and where we're trying to get to, the mountaintop where Jesus is so things can be revealed to us is where we're trying to go to. So he wants to build monuments. How many of us, Bill, have built monuments in our own life? Back in the day, I was this and I was that. Tear that monument down. It's just a statue. Tear it down. That's the past. The only person that uses the past is Satan himself. And the reason why, because he does not want us to see our future. Because, see, the future is far greater than what we can even imagine. Okay? Now, 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 now we have to understand now, uh, the future can, uh, with our faith, it can never build a monument around the past. The, uh, the past. It says, now let me throw this at you, and some of y'all are like, well, I didn't quite understand that. You look at Hebrews chapter 11, and you really don't have to turn there, verse number 1, it talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, it says faith is the substance. Well, what is substance? Substance is the foundation. So that means faith is the, sub, the, 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 the foundation of things hoped for. We're talking about the spiritual foundation. Faith is our spiritual foundation that is hopeful and the evidence. It means it's the, it's the proof. It's the truth of evidence not seen. So, so here we are now. We're at a place operating out of faith. We're operating out of faith. Now, I want to show you something in verse number 5. Remember now, we talked about the secrets of spiritual elevation. Got to be willing to fall. Got to be willing to surrender our will and let God's will be done. We got to be willing to go to that high place, the mountains, where very few people travel. Very few people are there. Well, there's a lot of people that know. Why do you think Jesus took Peter, James, and John? He had 12 disciples, right? Hmm. But he left the mother nine down there at the bottom of the hill. And you know what they were doing? Those nine was trying to fight, to, to fight demons that they could not cast out. They weren't ready for the mountaintop experience. They weren't ready to, to be revealed the higher knowledge of God. Because they weren't ready. They were not ready. That's why I say, you can't take everybody with you. Where are you going? You can't do that. Because, see, the, those other nine, they couldn't even cast out that demon. And God has given us that power. Amen. For those of us who operate in it, <laughs> can, I, can I say that? Amen. Because some people don't believe in demons. Some people say, oh, no. Ain't no 
But let me tell you, babe, they real. Let me tell you. I'm going to pause, pause right there because we're going to come back to the voice. Let me, let me tell you a true story. And some of y'all have already heard it. <laughs> some of you already heard the story. I won't say back in the day, that's not good. But I'm going to give you an experience, okay? An experience. I was in this church, and we used to call ourselves, we had this little group. We used to call ourselves the CIA. I'm talking about the CIA, like they got government now. I'm talking about them crooked folk. Talking about the CIA. We call ourselves Christian Women in Action, CIA. Hmm. Well, us as CIAs decided to go to North Carolina, and we were going to pray for somebody whose sister was sick. Okay? We go up in the house. We had about 13 women, 12 or 13 women. And there was this woman there that had the spirit. And she tried to find out where the ministers were. She had been sharing with her sister-in-law that her body would leave her body. She had this out of experience uh, 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 behavior in her body. She would leave her body, uh, and she would just float around and, you know, this elevation thing in her mind. And uh, she talked about how which, whichever way she poured her hand, then that's how uh, the direction she would go. She would leave her family. She would do crazy stuff, okay? Full of demons, okay? Hear me? This is a real true story. Well, she came around there and she kept on walking around and walking around and said, I didn't know where the preachers are. I need to know. And she went to this lady, and her name was uh, Lorraine, and, and, and she asked her, she said, you a minister? She said, no, no, I'm no, I'm no preacher, I'm no preacher. So she kept walking around and she tried to figure out who they were. So all of a sudden someone looked at me and said, uh, well, I think we need to pray. I said, okay, let's pray. And I remember, the only thing I can remember is the fact that we begin to plead the blood of Jesus. When we begin to plead the blood of Jesus, and I was praying nothing but the blood, I found myself that I was, it was like I was in this tunnel, and all I could hear was the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And the next thing I knew, my glasses, I'll never forget it because they were brand new glasses. I had just got them. My glasses literally came off my face. This is a true story, and I've got 12 witnesses to prove it. My glasses literally came off my face. I felt this pull from the inside of me, just, and I felt a force that came from that woman, and it, just the two forces hit. When the two forces hit, I was knocked backwards. I fell to the ground, and you know what happened to the other that was with us, they hit the door. True story. They hit the door and went a running. You hear me? So you, nobody can tell me that demons are not real. I experienced them for myself. And let me tell you, the, the, the two ladies that was holding them in my hand, because we, we was hooked up and we thought we was bad, you know. And I, I'll never forget, my pastor, he's, he's deceased now, and he said, he said, Brenda, never wake up nothing that you can't handle through the power of God. Well, that, that, that night, that night, we encountered that demon. I hit that flow, those 12 women, you know, two of them, they were, I mean, they were healthy. When I say healthy, they were obese ladies. They were holding on to my hand, but I was knocked back. And they hit that door, and you know what? 
it wasn't but a few minutes, we was on the bus and back down heading towards South Carolina. On the telephone, calling my pa- pastor, you need to meet us at the church. We've just experienced something. We began to, we met here. We met in the church, not in this church, but with the church I attended, we met. First thing he said, we began to tell him what, was, what happened. He said, now did I not tell y'all not to go out there and wake up something you could not handle? See, that's what was going on with them disciples down at the bottom hill. See, that, man, that man's son had a demon, and they couldn't do nothing with it. See, their faith wasn't where it needed to be. So apparently, we weren't where we needed to be either. So from that day forward, we didn't go looking for no demons to be demon killers. Amen. So you got to make sure you know what you're doing. Amen. Because if you've got any, any, I hear your Holy Spirit, if you've got any hidden doorways, in other words, you've got some hidden sin, them demons will expose you. Amen. They will expose you. Amen. They will expose you. I'm like, okay. So, so you can't tell me demons are not real. Amen. Now, going back, we're almost finished here. Going back to Matthew chapter number 17, because we're talking about the secret to spiritual elevation. Now, watch what happens in verse number 5. This is one of the things, the reason why most people don't quote the word, but the word is not alive or active, or they can't activate the word within their own life or sharing with others. Now, verse number 5 says this. It says, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a what? A voice out of the cloud and said, this is my beloved son. That word cloud there represents the word. He says there was a cloud. Behold, there was a cloud. There was a voice that spoke out of the cloud. See, every time we pick up the book, the word, there's a voice speaking. The problem is we, we read the word the words on the paper, but we don't hear the voice. See, we've got to be able to hear the voice that's coming out of the word. See, the voice is Jesus Christ. See, see, the thing is, see, Christ is the word. It says the word became flesh and walked among men. See, he is walking with us every day. That's why you've got to be careful where you're taking Jesus. Jesus says in his word, you know, he said, me and my father will take a bold in the inside of you. So if he's living on the inside of us, well, my Lord, what journey have we taken him on? Think about it. What journey have we taken Jesus on? We can't look at our neighbor. can't do that. We have to look at self. So where's the last place you took Jesus? Better yet, you know, we said, well, I hadn't gone and I hadn't done anything wrong. But, 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 even in our thoughts, we're traveling even in our thoughts. But Jesus is still here. So he's hearing us. Everything that we speak, everything that we say, everything that we think, like they say, well, I wish he'd hurry up and sit down. Jesus heard that too. So that's why you got to be careful in what you think and what you say. And where you take our Lord 
and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where'd your feet go last night? In the physical as well as in the spiritual. Where did you take him in your thoughts last night? Oh, I see this beautiful lady. Oh, wow, she's beautiful. Oh, she's gorgeous. But the Bible says if you just look on that person to commit adultery within your heart, you've already committed adultery. You've already seen it. That's a thought. The Holy Spirit wants to bring it to life, you know, right where we are, you know. Because one thing about Christians is this. Christians are very notorious for covering up. We wear faces, right? Don't we, don't we wear faces? Oh, that man, oh, he's fine. Well, women, you know, we could not leave y'all out, leave us out. Oh, that, that man is fine. Oh, did you see him? Such so, say so he was nice. Hmm. I wouldn't mind having him. Oh, look at the muscles he got. Don't he? Mm. Oh, I wonder what way. Remember now, who is on the inside listening to y'all conversation? See, that, that's how, how real this thing is. This is how deep this thing is. See, we think we get away with murder because it's not an outward act. But what about the, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. What about those inward acts that we do? I don't like that, brother. I don't like that, sister. I don't like how they treated me. Well, think about how we treat Jesus Christ every day. How we treat Christ every day. The voice is speaking to us out of the word. But what happens? <laughs> we shut the book. So if he's speaking to us out of the word, we just shut the voice of Christ. And we wonder why we make bad decisions. In life, we got the book closed. We listen to the wrong voice. The Bible says there are many voices, but we got to know what's the right voice, the right one. But in order to, 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 to receive the, the thing that God wants us to see, we got to be willing to climb that mountain at all costs and remember it's lonely up there. As cleaner, but not very few people is willing to climb that mountain. But are we willing to climb the mountain to see the things that God will allow for us to see? See, here in America, and this is the last true story I'm going to share with you. Here in America, we can go to the doctor, we can get a pill for this, and we can get a pill for that. By the time we get through telling the doctor what's wrong with he's just experimenting. Amen. He's just experimenting. Amen. I'm saying to my doctor, I go there, you know, and they always want to take some, you know, blood and all, and go get extra money. And, and I'm telling her, I need to lose some weight. And I said, I know that's where my blood pressure's up and that and other things. And she said, yeah, you, you probably need to do that. And I'm looking at her, and she's about maybe 20, 30 pounds overweight. But she's going to diagnose my case. Can, can we be real? Can, can we be real in the house? Now, you 30, 30 pounds overweight. But you're telling me what I need to do. I think we both need to hit, hit, hit the treadmill or gym or somebody. But, 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 but think about that now. She's telling me I need to go. go. You need to do it two or three times a week. And I'm like, what have you been doing? I'm looking at 30 pounds over. 
and plus. But the thing is this, we want to get to that mountaintop place where we can see blind eyes open. We can see the lame walk. When, when I was in Haiti, when I was in Haiti, this is the last true story I'm going to share. When I was in Haiti, there was a little girl that who God opened her eyes, or uh, she was totally blind, had been blind from birth. We're on a crusade there. Went with this church, and we were there, and, 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 and they told us, just, you know, people get in line. People, and had us laying hands on folk. People that, this little girl, she was 13 years old, going to the blind school, and when the pastor laid his hands on her, her eyesight immediately came open. Immediately. This is what I want to see here in America. This is what I want to witness. I know it can happen. I've seen it happen. I literally saw it with my own eyes. Show people that, was, that couldn't hear. As we laid hands on them, all of a sudden they began to hear. Those that couldn't even talk, that were mute, when you, when you began to speak, all of a sudden they began to holler, Jesus, Jehu, Jehu. They began to speak. These are mountaintop. These are some things that the, the body of Christ still supposed to be doing. Still supposed to be doing. God hadn't changed, y'all. He still operates in the supernatural. You know how you lay your hands on your own self and you got an illness and watch God heal you? See, we're still supposed to be doing that. We have the power to do that. But it takes going up to the mountain, be willing to spend some lonely hours with God. The secret of spiritual elevation. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. I pray, I pray, 